In this episode, we will be using BattleBards sound effects. Check them out, battlebards.com. And if you're signing up for a Prime account, be sure to use our code STACK to get a discount. Adjusting Fire We rise from the wet heat of the sunken jungle valley to rise into cooler air, plunging into the diaphanous white wall of a high cloud, only to re-emerge a moment later to a brilliant cloudscape below our feet. The sun's light is reflected upward by the defined piles of accumulated moisture, and it looks as though we've strayed into the snow-covered heights of a faraway place. But then we are streaming northward, pulled unerringly away from our land of shifting wonder, to see once more the changing scenes of Moraga give way to the green lowlands and rising foothills of central Vondheide. We dive low, leaving our high seat to drop from the sky and skim over the rolling ground, and the whipping of the tall grasses of the untamed plains lets us see just how quickly we are moving. Then, off to the right, we see a dark shape, some miles distant and many miles long. There is the faintest of sounds, mostly masked by the wind that blows freely through the steady spring drizzle that falls here. Our straining ears make out the sound of tramping feet, rattling bone, and creaking tendon. It is the army of the dead moving with inexorable focus across the plains, straight as an arrow. From time to time, the rigor of the march proves too much and a body topples sideways on uncertain ground, giving way to the corruption of time. Overhead, a cloud of black birds soars and swoops. Single birds occasionally drop down to picket these fallen marchers, but the pace of the main body continues unabated there will always be more to add to the host. The lead element of the army descends a low hill, and then surprisingly comes to a sudden stop. There is no murmur of confusion or stumbling as bodies collide with each other as there would be with the living. The entire army ceases moving at once, responding to an unheard command with eerie unity. We drift forward to the head of the column, noticing that even the faint and distant sound has dropped off, leaving only the mournful sigh of the wind through the nodding grass. A sense of watchful servility prickles our skin, and we glide to a stop at two figures who stand well ahead of the waiting host. Well, at least Peter stands. The heavy scale armor gleams as with an inner light as water trickles down. A living being would be panting with the speed of the march, but he stands tall, with no sign of exertion evident upon him. His grayish face is turned down as his foot eases a bent stalk of grass back upward. Rebek sits, however. Over the last couple days, his gaunt form has been wasting more and more. His desiccated body has not been able to fly for much of that time, and now his leathery wings wrap about him as though to shield him from the softly falling rain. Indeed, rivulets roll off the membranes and soak into the grassy soil. His head hangs low, 
although his eyes burned with a fervor that seemed to animate him more than the star stone embedded within his chest. He sits still and quiet for some time, then speaks with a voice that seems to rise from the earth itself. It is weak, but he enunciates to ensure the words carry. Peter, my foremost servant, I fear I must depart for the moment. I have marshaled my strength and hope I have not waited too long. My strength has been fading and I must return to a place where I may recharge. To where do you go? Rebek pauses, looking with suspicion through narrowed eyes at Peter. It is a remote place where I have hidden a part of myself. I will be gone a day, perhaps. Maybe two. Before I go, I will share my mind with you. I am driving to where my foe is gathering his strongest forces. Pursuing the Reaver. He practically spits the name. Has proven fruitless. Especially when I lose strength so quickly. But I hope that by destroying his largest armies he will be both rendered powerless and enraged enough to confront me directly. With that, I task you with leading my army on to the south. Push to the limits, but preserve my army's strength. Losses are easy enough to make up, as we have seen, of course, with a stop at any town along the way. It is a price that must be paid, and though I take it against the will of the living, they must understand. As you command. Make haste. I feel we may be able to force battle somewhere within Moriga. I have used some of my remaining power to see his mind, however dimly, and I know he is moving his armies. Exactly where is still hidden to me. His protections were too strong and my failing strength insufficient, but I have sensed enough to know his overall plan. He coughs weakly, his voice fading into silence as the rain patters down. Rebek raises his head to lock eyes with Peter, and he extends a taloned hand to rest on Peter's, which hang at his sides. There is a quick burst of warmth in the air, a feeling of static, and some of the grayish tinge of Peter's face fades. His eyes take on some of the burning nature of Rebek's. With this new power, no one will stop me. With that, Rebek smiles faintly, the skin of his face seeming to stretch like the dead skin of a drum. He then bows his head, draws his wings in tightly, and begins to shimmer. After about ten seconds, the only sign that Rebek was ever here is a depression in the grass and the lingering smell of sulfur. Peter turns back to the column that stretches northward. 
He sees row upon row of blank faces. His nose takes in the sweet smell of death. Armed now with a pittance of Rebek's power, he forms a thought. Southward, my brothers, to battle and vengeance. As the column lurches into motion, there is a quick burst of activity as thousands of rats and dogs are frightened from where they have been gnawing on more of the fallen scraps of this moving feast. The glossy flutter of wings marked where scores of carrion birds bolt upward with the army's return to life, and all these opportunists resume their trailing, looking for more unexpected moments of gratification. With heavy tread on marshy ground, the undead move on, heading south toward inevitable conflict, to an unknown place and time where they will fight for their master against the one whose treachery has motivated them beyond the span of their natural lives. Here there is no glory, only the bright red spark of hatred.